want to surround yourself with the people you want to be like. So if, if you want to have a good marriage, find people with good marriages and find out why. I mean, we had, you, you remember Charlie and Shirley Cutts and they were uh, spiritual grandparents to us and uh, they're both gone now, but they just built into us and we'd spend time with them and um, we had the privilege of living with them for a few months and um, you know, you you become like the the people you can that build into you. So yeah, so I, we had the privilege of great friends um, and a lot of wonderful people that built into to us as a family. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Everyone, uh, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. And in today's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with my lovely mother. And it's interesting because a lot of you have said, Caleb, like you should interview so and so, you should interview this person. And I always love to hear from you guys and who who I should be interviewing. But a common theme, especially with the people that are clients, is they're like, Caleb, like I would love to hear more about your upbringing. You were homeschooled. You you know you were raised a certain way. You 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 attribute a lot of you guys know the story of like you know my mom really encouraging me to take control of the things I need to take control in. And and so what I ended up having the opportunity to do is when I was back in Wisconsin seeing my family I got to sit down with my mom and it was late at night it was normally when her and I would both go to bed but we got the headsets on and we just had a conversation actually had a conversation on the couch that we've had a lot of heart-to-hearts with and got to ask her questions about her upbringings, her philosophy, questions about homeschooling, questions about dating, questions just about business and entrepreneurship. And I think you're really gonna enjoy it. And I think as you listen to this, you're gonna understand where I come from and the and the amazing upbringing that I had. And and yeah, I'm, I'm really blessed. I know my mom is uh, a faithful listener of the, the Better Wealth Podcast. So mom, as you listen to this, I love you and I'm grateful for you. And, I'm grateful for all the sacrifices that you've made. And I know that this won't be the last time that you're on the podcast. So without further ado, here's my amazing mother. All right. I am welcoming the one and only Lori Williams, my beautiful mother. We're sitting in central Wisconsin at the home. uh, And yeah, in the living room, you're you're, uh, on the couch. And what's actually really cool is we've had some really good heart to hearts in in this in this living room and um out of all the people that i've interviewed uh, i know you the best the other thing is you've been requested the most because i think i don't know i don't know if people are like you are a crazy child and i don't know who raised you or who put up with you but um i think as it relates to the way that i think obviously it has a lot to do with how i was up you know, raised. Um, but also I think when I look back, just looking at how is like homeschool, like this, some of the things that you instilled, but then some of the things that like being homeschooled, I spent a lot of time with you. So I, you know, I'm excited. Um, and, and so why don't you kind of give a little bit of backstory about how you grew up? You know, I'm oldest of six kids. Yeah. Yeah. how, How detailed do you want me to get there? So my backstory, I grew up in a great home. I had uh, your grandparents uh, or wonderful parents, and uh, I I think I had a pretty normal, traditional upbringing. 
Um, I went to public school and I loved school. I did great at school for the most part. Um, went on, I mean, I had a lot of friends and I was very involved. I was very, I, I got involved in everything. If I was home during the week, it was boring. So I was very different than probably your upbringing. Um, but a good, stable home. My parents uh, this year will be married 60 years. So it's a great legacy uh, of home where they instilled good character. They had strong faith. They, My parents both came from um, difficult parenting. I mean, they're, you know, I think there's a lot of alcoholism. And so they really turned that, changed that for us. So I think each of my siblings and I have had an easier time um, than, than they did. But uh, we appreciate that and always felt loved and supported. So then um, in my 20s, I met your dad. He was uh, in grad school. I was in nursing school. And then we decided that when he finished grad school, we uh, he heard about this company that um, manufactured supplements and interviewed here in central Wisconsin. And we moved here when you were six months old. So moved to central Wisconsin. And I don't know if we knew then we were going to homeschool. We did kind of think outside of the box. And that's one thing. Now, when you talk about homeschooling, um, I, when people ask you your hobbies, even though I homeschool, I, I love reading about it and meeting other people. And homeschooling is different for a lot of people. So it's not, I don't think there's one way people homeschool. And I think uh, um, we've had very great friends, very... Yeah, we've had a pretty great community. community lots of support, lots of um, friends and support, lots of things going on. You know, it's been great here in Wisconsin to homeschool. But um, I, I think it was pretty early on we, we figured we would homeschool. And I think we wanted to, I think our reasons back then was, you know, we we loved being parents. I loved, um, I mean, I worked as a nurse up until Josh, your your brother, was born. So that was three kids. And then... Uh, I, then I quit and stayed home full time with you guys. And so it just kind of was natural when you started school. We uh, just did it one year at a time. I don't know if I thought we would go through college or high school and then you guys, but uh, each year we did it and uh, we enjoyed learning together. Um, quite honestly, the one week a year I would send you guys all to vacation Bible school and pack your lunches and get you on the bus. And it was exhausting. And I don't know how parents do it. So we did a lot of days, uh, you know, jammies till noon. And uh, on this couch, we did a lot of reading and reports. And, um, you know, it was just, it it was a different, uh, um, you know, we didn't all have desks. Right. You know, I I often have memories of 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 growing up and the one big thing that I absolutely hated I think was the biggest waste of time and money for everyone was piano lessons <laughs> I I just to this day I have nightmares of being at the piano having that clock ticking down 30 minutes and it was uh, I I think about all the the money that could have 
been invested. Oh, it wasn't. There's people who spend a lot more money than we do on piano lessons. I got good deals. But yeah, I mean, I think that we, you know, I wanted to make sure we weren't missing the maestro in you, giving you all the chances. So I think you survived that. So when you when you sit down with, with parents, because you, you just, tonight you were at a homeschooling Mom's meeting. Mom's mm-hmm. meeting where you guys kind of encourage each other. What's like, what's the biggest reason people are homeschooling, number one? And then number two, what's like the big, what's the big concern that people have or the big struggle that they have when they when they think about homeschooling? Well, there were about 20 ladies at the meeting tonight and um, there were a lot of things that were said, the reasons they homeschooled. A lot of it was they wanted to be with their kids. Some of them... Um, do a lot of extracurricular things. They needed more time. Uh, some of them pulled their kids out of school because their kids just weren't thriving in the environment. Um, some of them started from the beginning because they thought either they could do a better time. So it's just, the, I mean, over and over people said, we had great teachers, there's awesome teachers out there. But it's different when you have 19 to 23 kids in a classroom and, you know, you've got all different learning styles and different families they're coming from. And you maybe have some, um, you know, it's different when you're doing, you know, four kids or two kids. So it's, uh, if you're able to do that, it's uh, much uh easier uh, ratio to, to teach. Um, but I think there were the people who wanted to instill their values um, as, as far as hard work or love. Um, I mean, one thing that we, a value we wanted from the beginning was we wanted you guys to love to learn. And, you know, you didn't love to learn everything, maybe not piano, but overall, even though you guys wouldn't go, yeah, school, you you guys liked reading and you liked uh, learning about things. And when we'd have history, I don't think you even thought it was school half the time. You were um, So we wanted to instill a work ethic that was, you know, even with your studies that you would do well and do excellent work, even if we didn't do a long, you know, I kind of believed in short lessons, but doing them well. I think it, it was great for some of the learning uh, difficulties because we could teach to your strengths. You know, so you were always ahead in math and you did great with people and you... Was I? I thought I was pretty shy growing up. Like when I was little. Well, compared to my sister, yeah, yeah, who would you know take the the playground by storm? But no, you were not shy. You were always a people person. You just weren't necessarily um, outgoing. Um, but you you could talk to people, and that, those were the important things to us. We we want we wanted to teach you guys to think, to discern, to not just go along with the. The, the line, go along with what everyone was doing. We wanted uh, to, to instill those things. And, and it was, it was fun. We, and I, I enjoyed it. I love to learn. One thing someone told me right in the beginning, if you want your kids to love to learn, you're going to have to love to learn. So I, I've enjoyed it. So. I, I remember, this is, this is interesting, when, when you were pregnant with Matthew, I remember as a little child, I was so upset. Yeah, because I was, I always, because of this, like, self-aware, I always knew that being a big family, like, people would look at us, and I, I'm so glad we never got, like, a 15-passenger van, because I just, I, and, and, like, now, 
I love having a fam- big family. I'm so grateful for it. And I think as, as a young kid, it was just me being selfish and me worrying too much about whatever other people thought. With that, did, did you, a lot of people, because especially when you started homeschooling me, it wasn't as popular. You, it's like, how many, what percentage of the U.S.? Well, right now they say about 3% our homeschooling, but I think there's even more now that now the public schools are, you know, doing a lot of schooling at home and charter schools. And so I don't know what the percentage would be of people who are just more hands-on, maybe using a public school at home. I think the number of traditional homeschool, like we, um, you know, I would pick your curriculum, we'd pay for it. We'd, um, and that's probably about 3% of Americans okay. do it that That's actually a lot higher than I thought. Yeah. That's interesting. And I think it's higher. In- yeah. And every, it's just so cold here. Everyone wants to stay inside. We love to read. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So one of the things, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the lessons that you've taught. Um, but before that, I, one of the things I want to talk about is the it factor. I'm a firm believer that some people have it, some people don't. And you had, even through high school and college, you'd always get jobs. You'd always, what, what do you think that was about you and your personality? Was it that you were always happy, ambitious, proactive? Why do you think you were always attracted to leadership positions? Cause I'll, I'll say this. I have parents that are both leaders in their organization. And if you look at my siblings, Everyone's a little different, but most a common theme is they all tend to be leaders in whatever they do, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a good observation, and I would agree. Your 15 year old sister just got back from a retreat that she helped plan, and uh, did great. So I, th- I think it's it's true. We we have uh, I I'm a strong personality and a leader. And I think I married someone a little stronger personality than myself. <laughs> so you just had to, we had to be this way just to survive. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> I, yeah, we weren't on the oversensitive side in our family. So um, I, yeah, I think we, maybe it's some nature nurture thing. There's, I'm sure there's a little bit of genetics in there and, uh, and in our family. Um, yeah. We, but I, I, I don't know. I did have a lot of great opportunities um, growing up. I was, I was pretty outgoing, and um, a lot of times uh, I remember in high school I wanted to go to the Bahamas, and you know I I went and asked my parents, and and they were like, well, if you can make the money, and so in a couple of weeks I made five hundred bucks, and I went, <laughs> and so that was uh, you know. I think um, they believed in me and and uh, gave me opportunities. I hope we did that for you guys. So one of the things that I know we'll kind of talk about the some of the things that you guys taught us growing up or what I picked up from you is whenever we would fight growing up, you guys were really big on not holding grudges. And a con- kind of a conclusion that I came is there's so many people that I meet today that are bitter have unforgiveness in their life, have, they just, they're just not happy. I wonder if that, that came from a young age and, and the, I don't have capacity. Like I don't have any unforgiveness in my life and I just have never been that person to hold grudges. I, do you like, what, cause what would you teach us growing up? Cause we would always get in, tr- we would like both get in trouble for holding grudges or right. pouting, I think. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. Um, 
you know, really unforgiveness. I think, um, I, I, I think we brought you up and, and we hold pretty firm to the teachings of Jesus and the, and the scriptures. And I think in the scripture is pretty clear that, um, unforgiveness is just, it's going to hurt you. It's, it's just something that was just taught. You, you just can't do it. And, um, I mean, Jesus gave teachings on it that, you know, when you realize how much you've been forgiven of, if you were forgiven a million dollars, are you going to really hold a hundred bucks against somebody? And, um, so that, but that's still, when somebody hurts you, that still is it, you have to let that go. And so I, I think, um, you know, that, that was another benefit of homeschooling is you had to be around your family all the time. You're going to get in fights. You're going to, you know, in a way it's almost like figuring out in a marriage, you, you're, you know, you starry eyed and love and love, and then you live together and you're like, whoa, this person's driving me crazy. And you just have to learn to believe the best um, and to forgive. And so I think uh, forgiveness is vital. I think when bitterness I think it, it's not my, I didn't coin this, um, but it's, it's basically when you have bitterness, it's like drinking poison, hoping you're going to hurt the other person. So I, I think, um, you're just really letting somebody hurt you over and over and over again with unforgiveness. So yeah, that I think is, um, one, uh, one thing I'm, I'm very thankful. All you kids seem to not hold grudges against people. Um, one, one thing that I learned early on, and I think is another vital truth that goes hand in hand with forgiveness, is giving the benefit of the doubt. And I think that we've always tried to believe the best. And I even, I even tried to teach you guys to to make scenarios that you could believe the best in people. So, you know, maybe we're living in a dream world, but it's a happy dream world, you know, and, and I would much rather believe somebody. And I, I also believe that's a teaching of Jesus. I think Jesus taught, I think that's his whole teaching on not judging, um, because he didn't want he didn't want people to go around having no discernment. He didn't want people to go around, you know, not being able to figure out something that's healthy and something that's not. I mean, he he had no trouble calling people out when they were, you know, acting in a way that displeased him or his father. But I think what he wanted people to do was give the benefit of the doubt, um, believe the best, and and um, and I think that that again, um, I think that helps with emotional health. I think that just just helps with. Uh, a more content, healthy person. If you're going to believe the best in people, you would also say the phrase that hurt people hurt other people, and it just gives you perspective when people are trying to hurt you, knowing that they're probably broken inside. Most of the time, when people hurt people, they're they're hurting. And if you can get to that, and you know, we learn a lot through the animal kingdom in that. I mean, somebody, an animal that comes after somebody, or, you know, they're, they're afraid or hurt. And, you know, we we see that because we have the privilege of living out in the great wilderness. Out here. <laughs> Another thing is you were pretty uh, protective when we were growing up of just who we would spend time with. Yeah, we, we did. And um, um, we had pretty big control over um, your friends and, 
um, you know, I, I, I am firm believer that's a, another kind of truth that, you know, foolish people will, you know, a, a, a proverb I would quote is a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you hang around with fools, which is, is a pretty, um, yeah. another way to say it is that you are the five people that you yeah, spend the most time yeah. with. And yeah, you want to surround yourself with the people you want to be like. So if, if you want to have a good marriage, find people with good marriages and find out why. I mean, we had, you, you remember Charlie and Shirley Cutts and they were, uh, spiritual grandparents to us and, uh, they're both gone now, but they just built into us and we'd spend time with them. And, um, we had the privilege of living with them for a few months and, um, you know, you, you become like the, the people you can, that build into you. So, yeah, so I, we had the privilege of great friends, um, and a lot of wonderful people that built into, to us as a family. Now, what would you, if, if we were to make a, a video talking about, quote unquote, the homeschool secrets or the hacks on how anyone after watching that would get like your best stuff to be successful in, in just teaching your kids and what, what kind of things would you talk about from the psychology, from the, actually the tactics? Right. Well, I think um, you have to have a, a good relationships. I think relationships are key and... Um, and so I think uh, we didn't always get along. You guys didn't always agree with me. In fact, I, I think um, it took you going through college and stuff to really appreciate. I think you even w- wondered if. Um, so I don't mean I think, everything. I think was part. Of, I think part of the trouble is you don't have any metric. You have nothing to compare we to. Nothing. Right. So I, I wouldn't say our homeschool was always wonderful and happy and Mister. Rogers neighborhood. I mean, it wasn't, you know, you guys would fight and I'd yell. Um, and it wasn't always, uh, what I wanted it to be, but overall we had good relationships. I think, uh, there was, um, I think there was love and, and positive. We tried to, um, but, uh, homeschool secrets, you do not in your homeschool, you don't have to do things the way is somewhat necessary to do in a classroom. So I had to relearn that because I did have a good schooling. I had a a good education. Um, We didn't homeschool because we were upset or afraid of the the, um, public schools or private schools even. But um, we just felt like I was able to do it. We were blessed that I could stay home and and do it. Um, Good books. We, I, I believed in uh, the, uh, a word that a uh, 18th century educator named Charlotte Mason called "living books." That you learn a lot. I mean, some of you you probably still remember some of those history books we read, and you know, you, you can read about the American Revolution or you can read Johnny Tremaine, and you know, and like live through it. And you actually, through good books, you you get relationships it goes back to the relationship thing you get relationships with these characters and um do you remember all the um character books we read on the millers you remember um wisdom with the millers and and it was this little mennonite family we're not mennonite um but they have these little 
these books we would read on, on basically relationships and these kids growing up and they'd, the, the little boy forgot to feed or water the cows all day and, and his father comes home and he says, you know, then you aren't going to have water before bed because you have to, you know, and, and you guys were like gripped by these kids, you know. In fact, one of you kids one time said, could we have them over to play? You know, because you guys formed relationships with these kids and these children learning character qualities was the way you guys learned them. So I, I'm, I, I think get good books, throw out the textbooks, throw out the dry stuff. Now, now this, now we, our homeschool looks a little different than even, 12 years ago with you because we've got we got that well you were the we had a friend that always said the oldest is the first batch of cookies that's just a little burnt around the edge um you know but uh now you we've got youtube and we've got videos and interacting and um you know you can always find a studio c to go with what you're learning and but um you know we didn't have that but but i i still even today even with you know the two that I still have at home, we read books a lot. So that's one of the secrets. Um, You know, like I said, another one is school to your strengths. Not that you don't have to, but, you know, really, if, I mean, you struggled with reading and writing. And um, so if I had just, what I wanted to do was just make you read and write all the time, because that made me uncomfortable, because I thought it was a reflection on my teaching. Um, but then I realized, boy, when you were ahead in math and when you were, you know, doing great and some of the other things that, that, um, we would do as far as even, even literature, when you would listen to these books that were way ahead of your, and you could tell them back and you can understand, you can understand the, you know, the problem solving, then you had confidence. So finally in fifth, sixth grade, when the reading clicked, um, you know, it was, you had the confidence then to, I think, make up for lost time. Right. Simon Sinek uh, has a quote that he says, the solutions that you find to your weaknesses growing up become your greatest strengths. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, when you, f- when you learn to problem solve, and that's a, my next question is, what's the value of on like figuring out a problem and being proactive. So one of the things that I did, I don't know if this is common in a lot of people's homes, but I actually figured out my day. Like I would, I, you didn't tell me like when I had to do a certain subject. And so I would figure out the day I realized that when I would get stuck with math, I would go for a run. And so I would like being active. Uh, I was, you know, I did a lot of that stuff. And so I think when I hit college, I was like, I, I had some friends in college that like, could not like they they could not handle the fact that they like they couldn't show up to class on time or they didn't do their homework and they were great they just like literally like were lost puppies and I'm like like listen we're like 19 years old 18 years old like what's going on here and it could be them but I think a lot of it is to do with like this was the first time that they were had to make up their mind. And, um, and so I think that's where I was like, okay, as long as you show up, as long as you like are like, you want to pass, you can pass. I think that was my realization of like, okay, I'm actually 
because homeschooling gave me the opportunity to work, gave me that, and that's where I really started taking off. Well, you have a, I, you have more time to to do. I, I mean, each of you now that have graduated, four of you have graduated, um, and and even with the two that are home, there you've each had your own bent. I mean, yours was definitely business. So you know. Even starting at the chicken farm, you were helping boss figure out the best, most efficient ways to pay you guys where you guys could get the most. I mean, so you were already tweaking that there. And then you went on, took a pay cut to work at the bank, but you knew that was your future. And, and, um, you remember the baking bread, the business? Yeah. So talk about, I mean, Caleb's kitchen with a C. (laughs) Do you remember? We'd get, we, we got some, we got some negative feedback for filling kitchen with the C, but um, so at Caleb's Kitchen was actually my first business. I would bake four. Was it four or eight I loaves? No, I think you. I think you baked like twelve loaves a week. Yeah, you do. We you had a little home baked bread business, and you we'd bring those to homeschooling co op, and um, he'd sell out every week, and you were the. One of the only ones that made a profit. They had a pizza party on all your profits because they taxed you. Do you remember that? Yeah, you were a little upset. I know. About I do that. remember that. That brings back. I was. I was very upset. But that was your first business, and yeah, you were profitable. Um, made bread for that semester. Um, I think we were saying, you know, you can. Oh, the the homeschooling gives you the, especially once you guys got to secondary for especially high school. We were able to, We, you all had, because you took college classes, you had way more credits than you needed to graduate. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's the next thing. Yeah. Is- so, but you each, yeah, well, well, that would, we'll have to get into when we do our homeschooling seminar. That's a little more than we could cover today. But, but what, what I would say is each of you had different bents, you know, um, your sister was, you know, she went on to, you know, do second, some secondary classes or college classes, um, in her interests, brother was more into computers. And then, you know, your next sister was into more medical and you all got to take classes, college classes. And, and then we did things called CLEP test, which is like an AP test that you can take for college credit. And you all graduated with college credits, um, with jobs, all of you worked. Um, that was the other thing. We did not uh, buy you a lot. You bought your own cell phones, your own car insurance and gas. And uh, at in college, you got your own cars. And so, I mean, we 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 just decided, even though we could have paid for those things, that we wanted you to understand money. We wanted you to want to work. Um, you know, not just so you could go to the movies, but you guys wanted a cell phone. You know, three of you did. Um, your one sister um, didn't care about that, but um, you wanted cell phones. You wanted to be able to drive, um, so you worked. And um, and I think work ethic and and you know, kids aren't dumb. If if mom and dad are going to buy them everything, they're they're pretty stupid to to work. So um, you know, could we have bought you everything? I guess so, you know, but uh, we we didn't, and every one of you have thanked us for that. So not while you were sixteen and trying to figure out. I, I think it does. I think it does give you kind of. Yeah, I, I do remember working, and but we were also like we we. I also just like accumulating money. I just I like I liked saving money. I didn't I didn't like to spend it. Yeah, we had to work on generosity, which you all. 
I was pretty tight, tight with the money. Uh, and, and so one of the, one of the things is, and even looking back on college, I think that, so I, not only did I graduate high school, but I graduated with a year of college and mainly because I was just super motivated. But at the time I was motivated to get through college, not, not very entrepreneurial. I mean, I was, but I didn't know that word existed. Like I, um, and so knowing, knowing the whole entrepreneurial that like, it's a big thing right now, would you add anything different or knowing what you know now about entrepreneurship and you still like, you're not, you, you are, I guess we could talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial endeavors. Well, I mean, uh, you were actually, I think it was you who said, um, when, so Katie just graduated last year and we did do a, an Amazon class. I mean, you were the one who said, you know, for business school today, the biggest business out there right now, the fastest growing business is Amazon. And I didn't learn a thing about it in college. And so, um, we, we actually, I think you've had him on the show. We took Bo Crable's class and we did it as a part of our homeschool year. And your sisters, two, both your sisters who were in high school took the class and they, they did well, but they, you know, were pretty busy. And so, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, got the, got the knack of that and, uh, have a little side thing going on now that, yeah, now e-commerce here. Central Wisconsin. (laughs) I love it. Another thing, and this is, this is a, this is uh, uh, quite frankly, uh, a question that I think a lot of people have asked me and, and I've, I've went back and forth. I, I'm glad I didn't have a ton of baggage. Um, no dating in high school. I, have you changed your opinion on that? What's your thoughts on that? Give me your two cents on, because, well, and just to give, just give everyone context. When I was in high school, I was told I, I could not date and I, I was obedient to that. Um, my sister, on the other hand, not so much. But no dating but, in high school, um, you guys didn't rock the boat that much. You know, like I said, your your one sister kind of had this secret stuff, and um, our whole our whole point was is in high school, you guys had a lot going on. We were very much wanting you to have friends, wanting you to have friends that were girls and guys do a lot of stuff together, hang out, um, you know, but I guess we felt like it was pretty young and just to, to waste a lot of time on that. Um, there's a lot of, I, I don't know, I wouldn't tell somebody how to raise their kids. I, if, I think if you guys had pushed back hard, I don't know if I would have, you know, it would have been something I would have pushed my foot down. I, I don't think dating is a bad thing. Um, I think the young dating is silly. You know, I guess it's, it's pointless and, you know, it can be a pretty big distraction at 15. I've been fortunate. Um, and, you know, some of it was just looking, you know, you kids, you know, have had some friends that, you know, got into dating real young, not a lot of friends, but, you know, a lot of times they weren't out, you know, having fun playing the games and doing the sports. And so, I don't know, it, was it something that you no, felt? I just, I just reflect back on it, it, you know, a lot of people, you know, do dumb things that they 
wish they didn't. And a lot of times you just, it was, it was just really interesting, but you know, it was kind of uncommon. I mean, we didn't, I don't think we spent a ton of time saying, you're not going to date, dating's bad. You know, I, I mean, we just were so busy doing so many things. You were working, we were busy with school, we were, we were busy, you know, doing it. We were just busy all the time. And so I don't think it left a lot of time. I think there were secret crushes here and there that are pretty normal. Um, I just think to push kids at 15, I mean, I just think of your sister right now is 15. She's beautiful. She's sweet. Um, I mean, she's, she's a catch and, you know, I've said, you, you know, what, you know, some of her friends are interested in dating and stuff. And she's just like, man, I've got, I got too much to do. <laughs> and, and she's got a lot of great friends that are guys and girls. So to me, if possible, um, I mean, I, I try not to make a huge deal of it. What you don't want to do is make something so off limits that it becomes the, you know, the craving, you know, when, when all of a sudden you find out, you know, oh, you can't have sugar. And then every time a piece of sugar goes by, you know, so I, I tried not to make it that, but I did point out, I, I think it's just, you know, two 15 year olds, you know, spending all time on some chat room that, that to me is not healthy behavior. So, so, so I'm working at the bank, you know, do, uh, took over the investment department at a young age, graduated college a year early. I come and tell you that I'm going to leave to start my own company. Do you, I, do you remember what you said? Cause I do. I don't know. <laughs> you, you were, you were supportive and a little bit like hesitant. And you're like, Caleb, why wouldn't you stay a couple more years to get more experience? But what was your, what was your thought going as I was learning at the bank? Um, I was very busy I stayed at home. Um, what, like, what was your thoughts when I told you that I was going to go out and leave the bank and start start my own um, business? I think you are a little braver than your father and I are. So, um, I think part of me was a little nervous that you were taking these big steps, but then at the same time, I think I did say this is the time to take a risk. I said, you know, I said, you, you, you know, you don't have a family. I mean, I think there are many times your dad would love to, I've said he would be a full-time student and be tracking over, you know, all over the world at archaeological digs or something if he didn't have a family. And so I, I think, um, you know, this is the time to take the risk. This is the time to, to do that. Um, I mean, the, the problem with really liking your kids is, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed having you guys around. So moving was, uh, <laughs> not my choice, even though I, I think it was a good move for you. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think we always knew, you know, when dad and I would talk just ourselves, we, we knew you had enough drive, um, that you would make your goals. So, so learning about money, because you've also probably learned more as, as to what I do, any, anything that has been like aha moments, you know, in the last two years. The interesting thing for us was we, we got into the, um, banking, well, not banking on ourselves as much as, um, we were before maybe, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years before you, 
got into the whole using life insurance as a, a tool to for for um, saving, we had a very good friend of ours um, direct us to a financial planner, and we started doing that. And um, I remember these long conversations we'd have with him, and you know he he was a great guy, but he kind of talked real slow, and um, we'd have these and. And so he, he proved to us that, you know, how, what a, a, what a good model it was. Um, and so we did that, but we never, we never totally understood. We knew it was a good for taxes and we knew it was a good savings. Um, but I don't think, I think your dad understood it better than I did, but, um, but we was still like, okay, we're putting this money into life insurance. And, and, um, so then, you know, 10 years later, but we, we did it for like 10 years and, but we never banked on ourselves. I mean, we still were people who paid cash, you know, we would build something, we'd save up, buy a car with cat. I mean, that was just always the way we weren't big into debt. Um, and uh, and then when you got into this, and you were so excited. I remember when you went away to the one conference the bank sent you to, and you came back. And I think you even said, now this is going to sound, because we didn't necessarily tell you about our savings. And you said, this is going to sound a little um, different. And, you know, it's actually using life insurance. So like, we, we're like, well, we do that. And, um, and, and then, you know, you ended up helping us. Um, maybe do it a little more efficiently and understand. And that's when we started using our money to, uh, you know, do the things that we wanted to do. And um, so it was kind of exciting that, you know, it was affirming. And I think uh, aha moments, um, I just, I think maybe because we do, we are a little more open to the non-traditional I mean, the 3% of people homeschool and, you know, we, we live out in the country and we do a little thing. We, you know, done some other non-traditional things. I think the non-traditional finance resonated with us um, and we were, we were okay with that. And then, you know, and then when we really understood how to use that money and to how it continued to grow, continue to compound, um, that was, it was. And you, I mean, you, did you guys use it for the shed? You built it. And then the driveway? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then also my sister, you guys helped. So yeah, I mean, you've, you guys have been able to use it a couple of times, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, how, what, how would you define better wealth if someone was to ask you like, what, what does financial success or wealth? Well, I think in the beginning, uh, we, just wanted to be responsible with the resources. We wanted to be able to be generous. Um, that was important to us um, just because I think we really believe that uh, generosity is, it, it keeps you um, grounded, you know, and to really um, keeps things in perspective. Cause uh, I don't think money, um, brings happiness, although it, I think it does bring security and, and allows you to do things you want to do. Um, so wealth, um, to me, I think it's more than having money. I think, uh, it, it can just being having the, 
be able to put your dreams into motion. And, um, and like I said, I, I would hope that it would keep people generous. What's um, some things that you think people should know about me that they may not, <laughs> that, that may be a question I regret. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say like when you said shy, you were never shy, but, um, you were, you always had a tender heart. Um, I think you are a, you, you really care about people and that was since you were tiny, you know, that was, I think that was just one of those things. Now you also are very competitive and I would say, uh, you know, that was the few times it was usually during sporting things. Like my, my team really lost, you know, how people are like, you know, we're here to play, have fun and, and winning's fun. That's my definition. Yeah. Of fun. And so there were a few, maybe even like when we had like nice fun games of ultimate Frisbee in our front yard and you and your friend Zeke were clobbering everybody because you, know? <laughs> you were so, uh, uh, driven. So your drive, I would say, you know, actually, uh, Caleb means wholehearted. And, um, and I would just say you were properly named you you, when you decide on something, you give your whole heart to it. And, um, that's been pretty consistent, it, you know, even like, even with schooling, which was difficult, we had some difficult years in there. Um, and, uh, not with your attitude, you always had a great attitude about it, but it's just when, you know, some of your friends would pick up things, you know, you know, you'd study for hours for some of those tests. Yeah, yeah, you'd study for hours and hours to pass one of these college tests. And, you know, a friend of yours, you know, would pick up the book and read it through in an hour and, you know, beat you by two points or something, you know, and it's, um, but uh, I, I think that developed character in you. Yeah. It goes back so. to the solutions that you find your weaknesses growing up become your greatest yeah, strength. It's, um, I, I think, uh, are there any little secrets? I don't know. I'd have to. <laughs> your chance. Um, one of the questions that I love ending interviews with, and, and I think they're, something that just really help us reflect on just our life and what really ma- matters is, is if this was your last day and you were with our family, our whole family, what would you, what would you share? What would you share with us knowing that this would be our last conversation? Well, I hope I'm surrounded by all of you and future grandchildren. Um, when that day comes, uh, I think um, I would tell you to continue to live your life um, for what I, I, I think, um, for eternity, I believe that, uh, this is, uh, the beginning. Um, I believe we were created and we were created by a God who, who wants to continue that relationship with us. And he wants to have a relationship that goes on into eternity. So I would pray and, uh, that each of you would, want to know him and, uh, walk through life with him. Um, I would, I would, uh, I think step back on if there were any bitternesses, any unforgiveness, let it go, deal with that. If, uh, and, and then just to really have generous hearts. Um, I, I hope you can all be successful so you can be givers and, um, and really impact our world. I, I think there's a lot of, lot that can be done um, to make a difference.
Oh, mom, thank you for your your patience, your love, your support. I I love you a lot, and I'm really grateful that God God gave me you and um, allowed me to be the first first batch of cookies. I got a little burnt yeah. on you. <laughs> well, I I love being a mom, and um, I would say it's probably one of the biggest joys in my life. So you're you're uh, I I don't think you're a burnt cookie. <laughs> And there you have it, guys. That is a little peek into my upbringing. And, and so I'm really grateful for my mom to come on. And I'm sure it won't be the last time she comes on this podcast. So I want to ask a question, uh, not just to think about, but I would love for you to actually to reach out and let me know your thoughts, is with your, your upbringing experience, with how you've been raised, how, do you, how will you parent differently? Or, or like you are parenting differently because of your upbringing, what was that? It could be something good, it could be something bad. Uh, for me, I uh, really appreciate the, the proactiveness that I learned and it was directly but indirectly through being homeschooled and just, you know, being encouraged by my mom and dad in the way that they, you know, trained me. That is something that I'm going to identify and try to double down on with my future kids um, just just in the way that, you know, proactiveness will make or break them and it's, and it's something that I really appreciate um, as I reflect and look back on the upbringing that I had. So anyways, I hope you have an amazing week. Um, go out and make someone's day really special. And until next time, we'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.